0: Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is the episode number 44, Resetting When Plans Don't Work. We're going to look at what you can do in your swim lessons and your swimming program when you realize that what you're working on just isn't working. How can you go about producing and giving a quality swim lesson instruction or swim team instruction when you feel like you're not getting anywhere? Let's take a look into how to reset your plans. That's right. We're talking about resetting your swim lessons when your plans aren't working well. What can you do when you know that your plans that you've so carefully laid out just isn't working in your program. Now, this could be during a swim lesson, it could be during the swim team uh, practice, it could be any number of times when you are teaching to a group of people and it's just not working well. How can we go about fixing that and should we even do it? Let's start now. So basically we're going to look at, we're going to learn when is it time to stop an activity and move on. And this comes from when I was teaching last week. Uh, we're having a break in our swim team program right now, uh, but I am teaching swim lessons twice a week, uh, which is a little more than I normally do, and it's given me the opportunity to really get look take a look at our program and how we do it from the inside. And when I was working through one of our lesson plans with the particular group that I had, one of the activities just wasn't working. Now, I think it's because we were being a little goofy, we were playing around, we were having a good time. And the kids that I had had been with me for a while, so they knew kind of what the format was. And there was one new person in that class, and they weren't exactly the best at uh, or understanding what we were doing. So we got a little crazy, and we had to stop our activity and reset. And my favorite way to do that is to do jumps. You know, just introduce an alternate distraction activity and do jumps. That's my favorite way to reset a swim lesson plan or a swim lesson program Uh, or a swim lesson, for instance. If my kids just aren't getting it, they're not interested, maybe I've been pushing them too hard, we'll reset. And we reset this instance by doing jumps. And it was extremely effective. And immediately after that, we went back to what we were originally doing. And I was met with increased focus, uh, better retention, and more effort from our participants. So before we continue, let's just kind of look at what happens when you need to reset? What are the cues that you know that you need to stop what you're doing and kind of start over or stop what you're doing and do something else to scrap what you had planned entirely? And we're going to look at that right now. So basically what we're looking at today is why and when do you need to stop your activity, stop your plan and do something else or reset that plan, so re-give the instructions over again. And here are some things that I've listed out that I think uh, are cues that you can use to kind of understand when you should realize, oh, this isn't working, let's either re-explain it and start over, or let's move on to something else. So here, here we go. You should reset your activity when you're feeling f- that you're forcing it. So when you as the instructor are feeling that you're forcing the activity, and it's really a struggle to get your participants to even pay attention to what you're describing, or you're really feeling like you're forcing them to mold into the specific activity that may they may not want or be able to do. When you feel like it's a struggle just to get them to do basic steps of your activity then I feel that it's a time, that's a cue to tell you, you know what, this isn't working very well. Let's just stop. You know, let's move on to something else. Let's do a different activity. Or maybe we'll modify that activity to do, to make it a little more attainable. So when you feel like you're forcing it, that's the first way. And that's, that's really when it's a huge struggle and you're like, oh, this is just so hard. <laughs> okay, so when you feel like you're forcing it, The second one is, it's time to stop your activity when your participants are distracted by something else. Now, this could be any number of things. It could be the environment. You know, swimming lessons are in a pool and it's typically loud. It's a lot's going on. There's a lot of water. There's a lot of stuff in motion. And, you know, when your participants are distracted by something else, you need to get their attention on you. And like maybe it's a television in the observation lounge that's playing something that they're interested in. They like watching TV and maybe they're watching the televisions instead of listening to you. That's one way, you know? So it's it's time to stop an activity when your participants are distracted by something else. Now, sometimes you can just correct this by doing a loud reset. And by a loud reset, I mean, hey, it's time to pay attention. You know, use your voice in a, in a, in a way to kind of get their attention or a clap, you know, do a clap with your hands uh, or snap your fingers or something. And sometimes that will just, you know, you need to get their attention on you. And if you have their attention on you, then you've reset that group. That's one way to uh, to reset is when your participants are distracted, do a loud reset. Uh, third, it's time to start an, stop an activity and move on. When goofiness takes hold, and what I mean by this is, when you've had, when you're goofing around with your kid, the kids in the water, and you're having a good time, and you're, you know, you're you're having fun, uh, but you're also instructing, uh, they stop listening to the instructions and start playing the game. Now, if you've spent time with uh, young people in general, I'm talking about four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know that when you get And, you know, wrapped up in a game or something that's fun or entertaining that, 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 uh, they laugh at and that you play off of or they find goofy and then they, it kind of gets out of control. You have to stop it, rein it back in. If you spend time with kids, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's really this nebulous, hard thing to describe, but you get wrapped up in the, in the fun. And then it goes too far because it becomes a distraction or a liability. You know, something bad mm-hmm. might happen. You know, they'll fall off a bench or get out of control. You, as the instructor, you as the parent, you as the the authority figure, have to stop the activity and reset them. Say, "Hey, you know, we've gone too far. Let's bring it back." Uh, and when goofiness, in my case, takes hold in my swim lessons, we do jumps, and that's what happened in my experience. And that's as part of where this podcast is coming from. So when goofiness takes hold, it's time to stop an activity and move on or use a distraction activity like jumps and then you can go back to doing what you were doing. So for example, my goofiness took hold when we were doing streamlines. We had done a bunch of streamlines and then we were doing streamline with three strokes and then we were doing streamlines on your back and it was on your back that we, you know, goofiness took hold and so we reset by doing jumps. Okay, uh, the next one here and the final one for our purposes today. It's time to stop an activity and move on when your participants are not getting it. And I put getting it in quotes here because that's our fault. That's the instructor's problem. It's not their fault for not knowing what's going on, right? So when participants are just not getting it, it's because we're not explaining it very well, right? We're not giving them the opportunity or we're not explaining it in a way that's accessible for our participants or Understandable by a participant. So maybe it's too complex. There's no visual aid. There's no explanation. Uh, there's no, you know, maybe it's using keywords and jargon that they're not aware of. So when participants are just not getting it, then it's time to reevaluate or to stop our activity and move on. Now we may could, we could just reteach it or explain it a little bit better. So if I was to go up to a group of kids I've never taught before and I said, all right, we're going to do three streamlines uh, and we're going to do three streamlines with three strokes of freestyle. They're going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? A, I don't know what a streamline is because I call them rocket ships. B, I don't know what freestyle is because I call it ice cream scoops. And C, how are we going to do it three times? Am I going to do, you know, from here to there doing it over and over and over again for three times or you know what's the format? How is that done? What does that mean? You know there has to be some sort of foundation expectation of what those words mean, and that's why we uh teach the rotation method. that's why we teach um what three short distance skill work is. That's why we teach have the short distance skill uh cheat sheet. you know there are these formats that we have and use that we can break down into these smaller easy, easily once you know what they are really easily uh, spoken commands, but you know, you're, you got to speak the language that the participant knows. So if they're not getting it, if, if that would, if that group that I came up to and just said, yep, we're going to do three streamlines with three strokes of freestyle and expected them to know what they they meant. And I've never met them before or taught with them before. They're probably not going to know, and they're not going to do it right. And that's my fault because I didn't explain it or establish a base for which they can do that activity on. You know, I have to show them what I mean. I have to tell them what I mean in a way that's accessible to them. So if I explain it better or I reteach it to them, they'll be a little bit better at it. And on the same side of that, participants may not get it when you offer too complex instructions for an intended group. So for example, if I was talking to a level four class and they had never done like a hundred IM or they don't know what an IM is. An individual medley, right? If I was talking to a level four class and I expected them to know what a hundred IM kick is and then gave them that as an activity, they wouldn't know how to go about doing that because it's too complicated for that group. Or if I was working with the level one class and I said, who, who go underwater level one, they, they're working on going underwater. And I said, all right, we're going to do three times five strokes, one breath and a flip. I'd be like, what are you talking about? You know, hey, I don't even go underwater, how can I do a streamline by myself, do five strokes, take a breath of what, five strokes of what, and a flip? Are you kidding? So that would be too complex. And these are gradually exaggerated things, but they illustrate the point here. So when your participants aren't getting it, it's time to stop an activity and move on. And that may be because you didn't explain it well, or maybe it's because it's too complex for that group that you were talking to, or maybe they're distracted by something else, and that's why they're not getting it, and you need to use it. Pay attention. So those are when I feel that it's best to reset, and we can do that reset process pretty easily. We can use a loud voice to say, hey, it's time to focus here. We can adjust their distraction towards you, or you can say, all right, we're gonna do something else. In my case, I per- my go-to is doing jumps. If I feel like my group isn't listening or ready, or if I'm forcing it, or if they're just too goofy, or I'm not explaining it well enough, I say, all right, let's stop. And this is for swim lessons. Let's stop. And let's go do jumps. And we'll do two jumps. And that takes, what, two minutes, right? And then they have some fun. They use some energy. And then I can use that as an actual break. And we go back into doing a different activity or the same activity but explained a little bit better, modified for them. And then after their jumps, when I say, okay, we're moving on to the next thing, they're ready for the next thing. Uh, For swim teams, I do it a little bit differently. I give them a 50 freestyle kick or a 50 freestyle swim, depending on the group. And I use that time, that 50 time that it takes them to do their 50 uh, to kind of reevaluate or think about, okay, how am I going to explain this better? How am I going to adjust this to make it more appropriate for the group that I'm working with? So, and I kind of want to tie this into this article that I read um, on newyorktimes.com uh, it's called what if the secret to success is failure and it's basically about how failure drives success and i'm looking at this and kind of tying this together because we're failing at something here as instructors we are unable to do the planned activity so we've met a roadblock we've met a failure here and we have identified that because we're forcing this and it's not working. Or our participants are distracted by something other than us in our lesson. So we've failed at maintaining their interest. Uh, when we've let goofiness get out of hand and out of control, we have to reset. Or when we failed at explaining it or we failed at a, you know appropriately choosing something for that group. And then we can have success when we how we handle that failure, how we handle that. Do we plow on and ignore these signs and just try to force the issue? And, you know, it doesn't work because then the participants aren't going to succeed as quickly and they're not going to do as well. Uh, so anyway, so this article is about a school that grades character instead of homework, uh, instead of standardized tests. Um, and I've put a link to it in the show notes on the website. Uh, this will be Swimming Ideas Podcast number 44 resetting when plans don't work you can find that at swimminglessonsideas.com and the link will be there in that that page Um, and when you persevere when you make attempts and then you fail and then you're corrected with help and direction you you get success and, and it's earned and it's learned and the process is what's important and in our case swimming you know it's so much easier than just overall learning because we have specific body motion goals that we have that we're working towards, right? We have a specific goal of streamline, freestyle, backstroke, breaststroke, and butterfly. And if we can teach those four things, then our participants are comfortable in the water and they can save themselves and get to the side. And, you know, all the safest things that come with swimming are achieved when you can do those four other things. All right, so if you can swim freestyle, you can doggy paddle. If you can swim backstroke, you can float on your back. If you can swim breaststroke, you understand the concepts of gliding and a strong kick and conserving energy. Uh, if you swim butterfly, you just have some really good coordination and understanding of fluidity and body mechanics in general. So if you teach to those four skills, freestyle, backstroke, breaststroke, and butterfly, you're also going to get these safety uh, components that are a part of that that come as a result of having the confidence to do those strokes well, um, and if you can do these complicated specific things, then you can also do these other life-saving things as well. So we just teach the specific things because the other stuff comes with it. All right, so um, we can get there by making attempts, learning attempts for our participants, and in order to get a good learning attempt for a participant, we have to tailor our activities and our instruction to the participants. So. When we are doing an activity and it's not working, we're not giving a good attempt or a a good learning attempt for our participants. And we need to be offering opportunities for our participants to uh, attempt something with a specific skill or body motion. Uh, They have to have multiple attempts at it. And that attempt has to be challenging or a fun activity in some way to work on that chosen skill. So for example, if we want to work on Streamline, we can do five times, do a streamline back and forth and they'll do it because you're telling them to, but it's also kind of fun to just streamline back and forth on your own. You know, it's, it's, it is, it's a, it's a fun thing to do to move back and forth. And you're like, Oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this. This is fun. And sometimes we can make it a little more challenging. We can make the distance further. And then like I did in the lesson that I just had, I stood in the middle between the bench and the wall. And then I had them streamlined to me. And then when they got to me, I would grab their hands and throw them towards the bench at a super boost. And it was really fun because getting yanked and pushed that fast in streamline was really cool for them. And it was just this simple additional thing that I did that made that simple streamline skill much better. And the kids that lifted their heads up when I was giving them the boost wouldn't go as fast. I'd say, yo, you know, keep your head down. And it gave me an opportunity to like tap the back of their head. Keep your head down and you'll go faster and it'll be more fun. Uh, And I was giving them feedback consistently throughout the thing. So when we allow our participants to have these multiple um, learning attempts, then it's more successful for them. And we have to recognize that if we're failing at our delivery, if we're failing at our chosen activity for that group, we need to recognize that, stop the activity, recognize it as a failure, and then reset. And that from our failures, we can refine our delivery, we can refine our program to have better success later on for both our participants and for us, right? So if we can teach them better and faster and more efficiently, we're going to have more people go through our program and more success from our program. And we'll have more people come to our program because they're going to say, hey, this person learned really well and it was fun. So I'm, I feel like I'm kind of forcing these two things, failure leading to success and resetting when your plans don't work. Um, but I, I feel that there's a connection here, and I want to know what you think about this. Um, do you reset your instruction when you're teaching swim lessons? Do you stop what you're doing and realize, whoops, this isn't working with this group, let's move on? Or do you just plow through and do what you intended to do anyways? Do you blindly follow the swim lesson plans that you can find on swimminglessonsideas.com? Uh, and that you've purchased in the swim lesson starter kit or in the complete lesson program. Have you blindly followed those even when they didn't work with your chosen group? Because every group is different and the lesson plans are a guidepost. They're a idea generation source. They're a, a, a plan to follow. If you're not interested in writing it out yourself, they're guideposts though that you can deviate from or you can mix and match activities and things you want to do. and That's the beauty of Trello, right? If you have access to the Trello board, the master skill list that you can get on the complete lesson program, each activity is a card and each list is a day of lesson plans. And if you don't like the way something flows, you can mix and match those and then print them off on your own. It's pretty exciting. Uh, So, you know, what do you do? Do you reset your, your activities? I want to know about that. And Uh, If your goal is, obviously your goal is to infrequently reset, so not do it very often. Uh, But when you're trying new things, you need to know when it's time to reset and stop. So when we're testing out new swim games or if we're, you know, if I read or (laughs) if I were you and I read the book, How to Create Fun and Effective Swim Games, uh, and I was on the fly creating a swim, swim lesson game for the group I was working with. And I made a mistake and it didn't work very well and I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. I would stop, reset, oh, 50 freestyle or oh, let's do some jumps and start over or do it in a different way. Uh, I want to know, do you do this? Do you reset your activities in your program? Do you encourage your swimming lesson teachers, your swim instructors, your coaches to stop what they're doing when they realize that it's not effective and reset? Let me know. Send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. That's jeff, J-E-F-F at swimmingideas.com. Just send me an email. Say, hey, uh, I reset my program. I stop when I'm making a mistake and I move on. And here's my go-to activity. Like I said, my go-to activity is jumps. Uh, And if you would prefer, you can connect with us on Twitter at swimmingideas or on Facebook swimmingideas as well. I uh, look forward to hearing from you, and thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And if there's any things that you would like to hear about, please send me an email. Let me know. Jeff at I'm uh, uh, sorry, Jeff at SwimmingIdeas.com or Twitter at Swimming Ideas or on Facebook. All right, thank you again for your time. And let's hope in the future you have successful swimming plans and swim lessons. Take care.